0: hi this is filmmaker and author michael morin whenever i'm not riding my bike around the davis campus i'm listening to 90.3 kdvs college radio right here fm cool This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. It's going to be a good one today. We have two first-class guests for you that we'll go to in our second and third segments. In segment two, we'll speak with George Merritt, the author of Howard Hughes, Aviator. This book was a contributing um, source for Martin Scorsese's movie, The Aviator, which opens nationwide Saturday. We look forward to speaking with Mr. Merritt in segment two. He was a test pilot for many years with the Hughes Aircraft Company. And in our third segment, we're going to uh, speak with R.E. Grasswich, the Sacramento Bee's award-winning columnist about, uh, well, whatever he feels like talking to us about. You start out with a bit of follow-up on last week's Gary Webb tribute. Uh, We did attend um, the memorial service at the Doubletree Hotel in Sacramento for Gary Webb on Saturday. It was standing room only, very well attended by a lot of folks wanting to uh, pay their respects to a good reporter. Uh, We would like to do what we can to quell some of the rumors that are out there on the web that uh, Gary Webb uh, may have been the victim of foul play. There is no credible evidence uh, from what we've We've learned by talking to the family and others that this is anything other than a suicide. If you'd you'd want to argue that it's a murder, nonetheless, based on uh, what uh, happened to Gary Webb, we would not argue with that assessment. But uh, the fact of the matter is, in practical terms, uh, Gary did die by his own hand. And there seems to be really no doubt about that would like to take a minute to quote a, a letter to the editor at the Sacramento Bee uh, relevant to this. It was by a man named Dan Scanlon, who lives in Grass Valley. Regarding Gary Webb, prize-winning and controversial journalist, the obituary um, that appeared in the Bee, Mr. Scanlon said that um, the Bee failed to point out that many of Webb's reports of the CIA dumping crack cocaine in the Los Angeles ghetto were found to be true by the CIA's Solicitor General, regardless of the shameful fearful hand-wringing by the Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, The Bee, and San Jose Mercury News. For many years, an admission of these reports' veracity has appeared on the CIA's website at cia.gov slash cia slash reports slash cocaine. I would only substitute the New York Times for Sacramento Bee in uh, Mr. Scanlon's letter. I think that uh, that uh, Gary Webb got a much fairer shake out of the Bee than he did by any of those other three so-called newspapers of record. But I would note, uh, if you don't believe us, when you don't believe uh, what we said last week on the show with, uh, with Tom Walsh of the News and Review, with investigative, investigative journalist Robert Perry, and um, former DEA agent Michael Levine, well go look on the CIA's official website and read what's there. Gary Webb got it right. So I think we can uh, take little solace in the fact that uh, that Webb's um, passing was indeed a suicide rather than, you know, any sort of murder. Uh, We read an item like the following. Of the 15 republics that once made up the Soviet Union, only three, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, have true freedom of the press, according to the Committee to Protect Journalists. In Russia alone... 11 journalists have been murdered in recent years. We'd like to think in a black and white view of things that that's the sort of dark, um, dark goings on that takes place in a former dictatorship uh, in a place like Russia, in, in countries that were part of what was once the Soviet Union. But, uh, you know, I think Gary Webb's case shows that it's a much grayer area than that. Gary Webb was not murdered by people that were angry about what, uh, what he wrote about powerful figures, but um, it appears he was nevertheless driven to suicide. Is there a big difference? I don't think so. Might be a good moment to quote the famous quote from World War II from Pastor Niemaler, who said famously, first they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was not a Catholic. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out. And some happier news from the former Soviet Union. It appears that the uh, U- Ukrainian Supreme Court declared the November 21st uh, ballot in which uh, Prime Minister Viktor Yanukovych uh, was re-elected under suspicious circumstances invalid, and they're going to hold an election again, I believe, on the 26th. We, uh, in the past two weeks, have not had time to update this uh, this rather amazing story about uh, Viktor Yushchenko being poisoned with dioxin. In fact, uh, Yushchenko had the second highest dioxin levels ever reported in a human being. He was very definitely given a fatal dose, but managed to confound those who poisoned him by living. In fact, he's the odds-on favorite to win in the Ukrainian election coming up, and, uh, and we hope that he does. We would also note an article in New Scientist magazine, that his uh, dioxin uh, poisoning may be treatable to a large degree, it will pass out of his system eventually. And uh, one thing they may use, oddly enough, is the synthetic material called olestra, which you may have seen being used in uh, various uh, potato chips and products here in America. It's a uh, it's a fat uh, fatty substance. It may be able to trap the fat soluble dioxin in his gut and help get it out of his system uh, that much faster. Which I which I think is a pretty uh, pretty interesting wrinkle on the whole story. One of the side effects of the dioxin was what's called chloracne, uh, severe skin lesions, blackheads, pimples. Uh, um, his face is quite uh, quite disfigured at the present time, but there is some hope that with treatment, uh, he will go back to looking as he did before the poisoning. There's a lot more to that story, and some fingers are being pointed over at Russia and Vladimir Putin, uh, but... Um, We'll just follow that one as, uh, as developments um, arise. Some people are still questioning the death of, uh, of uh, Yasser Arafat, and uh, poisoning, as far as I can see, has not been definitively ruled out. Um, well, we'll follow that one, too. Speaking of chemicals, the, uh, the steroid scandal continues to, uh, to, uh, to evolve, but uh, we're going to take a few weeks before we summarize that one for you in January, as best we can see it. It's an interesting tale, of, uh, of money, of cheating, of big-time sports, um, of Barry Bonds and many others, Jason Giambi, but, uh, but that one we'll put off. Let's do a little bit of the Good Week 4, Bad Week 4, because we always love that. The Week magazine's Good Week 4 section said it was a good week for lobbying last week, as the world-famous groundhog puck Phil was brought to Capitol Hill in order to defend the $100,000 pork barrel grant to a so-called Weather Discovery Center being built in his honor. We, we don't have a transcript available for Puxatani Phil's uh, a spirited, no doubt, uh, defending of uh, the Weather Discovery Center in Pennsylvania. But, uh, man, this, this really is a bit of pork that needs to be cut out of the budget. But uh, what do you bet it stays in? And last week was called a bad week for the Midnight Buffet after the Queen Mary, II had to replace most of its deck chairs because overweight Americans were breaking them. (laughs) We do have many large passengers, said a crew member, and we do have ten restaurants on the ship, so if they're big when they get on, they tend to be bigger when they get off. And we're sorry to see that Bernard Carrick withdrew his uh, his nomination as to become the new director of Homeland Security in the nation after it was revealed that... uh, Well, he was apparently affiliated with some uh, New York company with suspected mob ties. He'd been using an apartment donated as a resting spot for police officers at Ground Zero to conduct uh, one of his two affairs that (laughs) had been going on in recent years. There'd been a warrant out for his arrest, a connection with delinquent condominium fees. I don't know. As far as we can see, he'd fit right in with the Bush administration. You know, I actually kind of like the guy that goes out saying that, you know, I may have some problems with a a nanny that I didn't actually pay the taxes on because he has no children. There is no nanny. Uh, He's having a bit of fun with that. So say what you want about him. The guy had a bit of a sense of humor, and, uh, you know, that probably would have been a welcome addition to the Bush administration. But, um, oh well. You know, I've got about a half hour worth of science topics sitting right in front of me, and I have time for none of it, because we've got some great guests to get to. So, so let's stop here for a short break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. See some bacon shaking out there. <laughs> well, all you do is cause me pain. When my day is sunny, you make it rain. You don't like my friends, you don't like my style. You say I'm acting like a child. Well, if you don't like it, baby. Door. Can you sing it with us? If you don't like it, baby, there's the door. If you don't like it, baby, there's the door. I want to hear you now. Can you sing it?